0: Welcome to the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us as we talk practical tips and first steps to do well and be well whilst working remotely. This is a podcast for remote and hybrid workers and the HR or development professionals that enable them. Welcome to the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts our topic today is all about how to speak stress-free so taking those nerves out of public speaking and the interview has so many practical tips but before we get into our interview and before i introduce our wonderful guest for the episode today i wanted to take a bait and talk about why i think public speaking is such a critical skill when you're working remotely i think working remotely we have to get good at building connection through a screen And that means getting good at speaking, getting good at listening to our audiences and getting good at reading their response to what we're presenting. As a virtual facilitator, I personally love public speaking, but I know that's not the case for everyone. I mean, that's why I do a podcast and not a blog, because you will not catch me writing a blog. Um, Spelling grammar, not necessarily my forte, but speaking is where I feel more comfortable. But I think anyone can build this skill of public speaking and start to feel confident with it. I have people tell me, oh, I could never do what you do, Sam. I could never be a virtual facilitator. And I don't think that's true. I think this is a, a skill anyone can build. And it's a skill that remote workers are actually an advantage to be able to build. So if you don't feel confident with public speaking and you're working remotely, remember that you can actually practice your public speaking sitting in the same environment where you'll end up doing the speaking wherever your office desk is in your home. You can have your notes up, you can have anything you need to really spark your confidence. I remember when I was starting out virtually and I had a meeting presenting to our executive and I felt I wasn't feeling that confident going into it. And one thing I even did was paint my nails nice, wear a bunch of really pretty rings. So anytime I looked down onto my keyboard, midway through the presentation I could see my hands and feel confident little tiny things like that they might seem ridiculous but it's actually something as a remote worker that you can do to make yourself feel more confident in this space um, as you're building up the skill and of course as our guests will share practice makes perfect and helps you build that confidence even more Um, but there are a lot of things we can do remotely just to get started to feel more confident And more at ease um so without further ado let me introduce you to our guest for today i'm so excited for this episode because we've got we're joined by liam sanford co-author alongside derek moore of a new book called effortless public speaking how to speak stress-free with confidence and make speaking your competitive advantage my conversation with liam was such a joy despite some technical issues which, you know, that's how remote work is sometimes. Um, But Liam offers some really practical tips in our conversation, which I'm excited to share with everyone. Um, And I reached out to Liam because he focuses on not just how to get better at public speaking as a skill, but also the mental side of it. So on this podcast, we are all about how performance and our mindset interact to impact each other. And I think Liam is a perfect guest to that. When he speaks about public speaking, he really speaks about the nerves. He really speaks about how to build your confidence with it, um, because that's the secret ingredient that's going to make you better as a public speaker in the long run as well. So here's my conversation with the wonderful Liam Sanford. So it's great, Liam, to have you on the Be Happy Remote podcast today. And I wanted to start by asking you, before we get into our topic of conversation, a question that we're asking all of our guests. And that's what does work from home look like in your life, Liam?
1: So work from home for me has been a constant now since, since just before the pandemic. And it's, for me, full of routine, full of good habits, full of a good environment to cultivate deep work. And it's taken a long time to craft, but it certainly means that I get way more output done compared to when I'm in a distracting office.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that Liam as well. Like it does take work and it's not going to be remote solves everything, um, which I think a lot of people assume, uh, but it actually takes work to build these routines and these habits over time.
1: For sure. I think some something that's really important with working from home is it's a journey and it doesn't always necessarily need to be all or nothing but I think there are benefits of hybrid working too. There are fully benefits of, of working fully remote. So I think a lot of it comes down to individual preference and something that, that I've spoken about a couple of times is introversion and extroversion and where you get your energy from. And I think that's really important because if organizations are going to get the best out of their people, you, there is no one size fits all approach and introverts are going to thrive more in a remote environment compared to an office environment and and the other way around for extroverts that doesn't mean that both can't thrive in the other environment it just means there's a higher energy drain so I think it's it's certainly the future and maybe there's not necessarily a hybrid working but a hybrid model of you need to do what works for you
0: yeah definitely flexibility in that approach is so key And it's interesting you're talking about the concept of extroverts and introverts. I think that segues really nicely into our conversation today, speaking about uh, public speaking, because a lot of people have that assumption as well, that one or the other is going to be good at public speaking. But actually, I'm sure you would argue that both introverts and extroverts can be great public speakers. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And I am one of the biggest introverts you could ever meet often I will be the quietest person in the room. And what that means is that I spend a lot of time listening. So if we then take that into the context of public speaking, I am listening to my audience and I am trying to read the room to, to make sure that my message is landing and pivoting where, where I need to. So there are a lot of natural introvert skills. That are really important for public speaking and it really is not an extrovert's game so something that introverts have in their favor when it comes to public speaking is we don't tend to use many words or we are more specific with the words that we use and that tends to mean clarity of message whereas if you go long-winded and you talk about the point and you keep reiterating there is a tipping point where the more you say, the more confusion you're providing the audience and you're leaving it more in in, under interpretation for them. So in my view, there are benefits to being an introvert for public speaking and talking is different from speaking. Mm. So being selective with your words is, is so critical because clarity of message is absolutely everything like you're there to do one thing and that is to land your message as clearly as possible with the audience so I would say it's it's probably more naturally within an introvert's gift to be able to do that as clearly and as concisely as possible now that doesn't mean an extrovert can't do it but they don't they don't necessarily have the same skill set and I think that that's an important thing because As a public speaker, one of the most important things that you can do is lean into who you are. Like you are your superpower because you don't want to be trying to overtalk if you're an introvert because that's going to drain your battery. You want to be present with the audience Mm -hmm. and vice Mm -hmm. versa with, with, with extroverts. You don't want to be listening more than you're not. You want to be talking, directing the audience, being the center of attention, showing charisma, all of these natural extrovert skills. So I think it doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, public speaking is something that everybody can profit from. And being yourself, I think, is is one of the first steps to being comfortable with with speaking in public, which then leads to being confident.
0: Absolutely, Liam. And I think that applies to so many areas of professional development. It's not a one size fits all uh, success. You know, we can all succeed once we get to know ourselves a little bit better and know where we can play to our own strengths and where we maybe need to develop. So I'm sure a lot of our introvert listeners are probably happy to hear you say you actually think public speaking might be naturally more of an introvert's game, but that both sides can, can really flourish and learn to succeed in that. So speaking to a broader audience, I guess both our introverts and our extroverts and anything in between, what would you say your top tips are for someone that wants to start public speaking and developing this skill, particularly in a virtual or remote environment?
1: So ultimately, as we've already discussed, there's there's no one size fits all and the same goes for the steps that you should take. So it ultimately depends on the level of experience that you have and how you feel about public speaking. Um, So I go as far to say there are probably five layers of, of public speaking. So the first of those is I'm not getting out to speak in front of anybody. And if you sit in that level, I would say it's about maybe talking for just 10 seconds in a structured way to people that you know And you can do that face-to-face, you can do that via video call, you can do that via social audio. And then if you have a fear of public speaking, maybe you wanna take that a little bit further into meetings at work in front of two or three people. Because the first things that you wanna do as a speaker is get comfortable. And that comes from starting small so when i talk about speaking for 10 seconds what that is is a very quick open your main point and then closing when you structure small reps Mm. for 10 seconds in such a way it means that you are producing a repetition that scales so in in my book effortless public speaking, I call that the nano speech. So that is the most basic form of public speaking, just an open, a body, and a close. It can be in there.
0: starting small, starting with a first step, as it were, practicing those nano speeches with the open, close, open main point, and close to sort of get comfortable and starting with a small audience or or even not even a workplace audience um, to get confidence built up.
1: Absolutely, and you, you, you mentioned remote environments. I think one of the best places to get practice is social audio and the likes of Twitter spaces, LinkedIn Audio, Clubhouse. A great environments to practice speaking for for 10 seconds or, or hosting your own rooms because there is such a low barrier to entry so nobody can see you which means that you can have your notes right in front of you you don't have to worry about standing up in front of people or being on stage because nobody can see you there's there's no video aspect so again that that's a A barrier to entry for a lot of people. And we can we can come on to video shortly. Um, but I think there is really something about just joining a room about a topic that you know about or that you enjoy speaking about and saying, Hi, I'm Liam. I enjoy talking about public speaking. What do you enjoy talking about? That is a nano speech. And that then might scale. So I might then go into my main point. I've written a book on public speaking. I've hosted 150 Twitter spaces. I've done this and that. And you might then give some insights about it. And then you hand over with your call to action or your question back to the host. And that then scales to workplace environments too where maybe you are comfortable in a social audio environment, then it's time to turn your videos on. Uh, And I think that is a high barrier to entry for people delivering virtual presentations because there, there seems to be a culture of turn your video off which means when you're presenting with your video on, that's another thing you've got to worry about it's another thing that you're trying to do that isn't on autopilot. Mm. Whereas every meeting I join, I just have my video on because I know that that's something that when I come to present, I'm going to be comfortable. I don't have to worry about that. I know how it works. And it is it, just a level of comfortability that means when I come to speak, I can focus on just two things what I'm saying, and my connection with the audience. And when you can do that, I think speaking really can be effortless.
0: Absolutely. I know some people who do find that camera on piece fearful, and they even go to the stage of just hiding it from their own view. So other people can see them on the call, but they can't see themselves. And that can also help to reduce some of those nerves as well. You're not spending as much time looking at, at is that hair out of the place or did I make a funny facial expression there and you can really focus on your main message um, and your audience and how they're responding and their faces rather than your own
1: absolutely I think another important thing to to note here is that nobody really is looking at you on a video call I think people tend to look at themselves, if anything.
0: Um, <laughs> Definitely.
1: And there's there's a really important piece, which, which we talk about in Effortless Public Speaking, which is that generally speaking, the audience is not focused on you. They are focused on what you're saying and they are two different things. So a lot of speaking anxiety comes from what if what if they they're judging what I look like? What if, um, what if I mess up what I'm saying? Well, 50% of your audience probably aren't listening. I think about a time where you were an audience member and you're probably having a stream of thoughts like, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Or "I, I don't know, when's my next meeting? I need to go get ready for that. And so I think give yourself some slack. Because nobody cares about what you're saying, what you look like more than you do. You are the center of your universe, but everybody else is the center of their own universe. So they don't see it through your lens and you tend to be harsher on yourself than anybody else is. So look at it through the lens of your audience. They're not going to be thinking those things. And I think when you can then start to introduce maybe five minutes per meeting of video, rather than the whole thing, then you scale up to 10 minutes as you get more comfortable with that. And then all of a sudden you're doing it on autopilot every meeting. Then when you come to speak in public, when you come to present a a board meeting or you're pitching um, an idea to, to a colleague, it's easy to be on video because you're so used to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Sort of practicing um, and building up from small steps to bigger and bigger and bigger till it becomes something that you're more comfortable with to sort of take away some of those nerves. Another thing I hear about a lot that people get nervous about is their patterns of speech, using a lot of ums and likes and those sorts of words within they're speaking do you have any tips for anyone that's nervous about that
1: absolutely so i've probably done it so far in in this podcast episode and people beat themselves up over ums and ahs and filler words now as long as you're not using them every sentence it's really not a problem and there's a story that the Derek Moore, my, my co-author, and I wrote about in, in the book. And Derek used to tour uh, the United States for work, delivering the same presentation over and over again. And it was so polished. No ums, no ars. He delivered it pretty much word for word, the same every time. Now, he had some feedback that it was so robotic It was hard to connect with him hard to resonate and the ums and ahs actually show that you're human it it shows that you are somebody that can be resonated with very easily and because i use ums and ahs and i know that i do it sometimes it I I think that it puts people at ease a little bit because when I'm talking about speaking and I'm using them myself, it shows that speaking is a journey. Perfection doesn't exist. And 10 years ago, I had a fear of public speaking. And I was using them probably every other sentence. I was using them all the time. Something that I did to address that was to try and slow down and think about what I'm saying before I actually say it so I pause a lot and sometimes that's for effect to land the message other times that is to slow my brain down it is to think about not using ums and ahs and to make sure that my my brain can focus on what it is that I need to say because ums and ahs come out when we can't wait for the presentation to be over and you're rushing to get to the end of it. There is also a piece that people generally speaking are uncomfortable with silence. So not filling every gap is uncomfortable, but every time you have a conversation and you say, um, ah, like, or another filler word that you can insert there, make a note to yourself that you, you said a filler word. Don't beat yourself up over it, but make a note to yourself. And then start noticing those patterns. When you see the patterns, you then know that they're coming. So then you can slow down. You can insert a pause. And that gives you time to catch up. It gives you time to get your trail of thought running back. And remember, don't put yourself under so much pressure. Perfection does not exist. It absolutely does not exist as as a speaker. And you might be able to say some good things that you should do as a public speaker. But I can tell you what the perfect speaking performance looks like. It depends on the context, the situation. What a politician needs is different from a stand-up comedian, different from deliverance to a board meeting or or a project meeting at work. So give yourself some slack.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we can get a little bit hard on ourselves um, when we're trying to build a new skill like public speaking. And so starting off not chasing perfection, but just chasing to incrementally improve um, with each practice of these nano speeches and building them out like you gave in that example earlier. Um, I love that. So if people are getting a bit nervous about these patterns of speech and these filler words, as you've called them, is making sure they're not trying to rush to the end, not over-rehearsing it because it can actually seem quite impersonal when you do take all of those words out, not being afraid of the pause, for whether it be for effect or um, a response, I know I use that as a um, virtual trainer and facilitator as well. I love the pause. Uh, people get very uncomfortable with it and want to fill it with their answers. Um, and also just being cognizant, you said of the patterns of your speech. Maybe recording yourself in in a in a practice, and you can listen back and have a look at at how you're going with those filler words and um, get more confident getting them out of there. Um, not completely though. So lots of good tips there, Liam. I love I love how practical you are with your advice um, that you're giving. There you go. I just said um <laughs> with your advice for everyone <laughs> on the call. And so I know you and Derek Moore. You mentioned um, when we've chatted previously met through Twitter and through these Twitter Spaces you were doing. What ma- motivated you both to write the book? The book being Effortless Public Speaking: How to Speak Stress Free with Confidence and Make Speaking your competitive advantage, what was the motivation there?
1: So the the we ran a weekly Twitter space for a year focused on public speaking. And after about six months, we'd had hundreds and hundreds of people come to the space, and one person asked, Do you have something that we can buy? And Derek and I hadn't considered at that point that we were going to write a book and, and maybe do some other bits and pieces too. And we said, okay, let's give ourselves a timeline here. We gave ourselves six months and went from idea for the book to it being published in six months. So within a year of running the the weekly Twitter space, we tested ideas with people, got to understand the main pain points that, that people have. And a lot of that is around finding speaking stressful, even if you can do it in front of people. Um, so that, that's essentially what we focus the book around, because what we find is that a lot of speaking advice focuses on how you optimize your technique like how to tell amazing stories, how to uh, read body language and how, how your body language should be on the stage. Whereas the zero to one skills of public speaking are, are almost, almost forgotten. And in doing research for the book, we found out that 75% of the population have a fear of public speaking. And there are lots of studies referenced in the book that, that back that up. So just by overcoming your fear of public speaking, you automatically jump into the top 25% of public speakers because you're no longer afraid. And so it's the zero to one skills that are really important. It's the building the foundations of how do I go from not wanting to speak in front of anybody to being able to do it for 10 seconds, to scaling up to a minute, to being able to deliver in front of five people to 10 people, then delivering into a video meeting to on stage in front of people in person. And the way that that scales is the nano speech. So we basically used the, the public speaking Twitter space as feedback and market testing for, for what, People actually need help with when it comes to public speaking. So yeah, it was it was a really fun process and yeah, uh, pretty amazing that the it came to fruition in six months, which uh, was no small task. I, I certainly didn't think it was possible at the start.
0: Yeah, definitely. Six months is not long to pull together a book and to test all the different um models and suggestions throughout it as well with your audience. But I think it's such a useful tool to go from as you say, that sort of those first steps to building your confidence as a public speaker. And I think there's a real opportunity for remote workers in this space if they do want to practice public speaking, because, you know, as you say, you don't have to have your camera on the first time, or you could have your notes open at the same time, or I even speak to people who are preparing for a virtual interview. And I recommend they actually stick some affirmations and motivational comments in post-its around their screen as well, just to amp themselves up. Like there's so many things we can do when you aren't public speaking virtually that can actually really help you in those first stages, um, which is where the book really focuses. I think it's a real opportunity.
1: Absolutely, there. and it, for, for sure. And I, I think something that, that's really important is that often if we have a big event coming up, like a job interview or a big big presentation, we wait until that moment to speak in public. Now, confidence is success remembered.
0: Oh, I love that. So
1: how easy is it for you to recall previous success that you have had when speaking in public? Now, if it was, six months ago, a year ago, even two months ago, it's going to be harder for you to recall that success than if it was yesterday or last week. So building in recent reps before the big day is really important because you are just stacking success on top of success and making sure that when you are there to speak, when it really matters, you're not leaving your performance up to chance. You have all of the confidence that you could possibly have. And it doesn't necessarily matter the forum. So if I have a big speaking event coming up in the two weeks prior to that, I will make sure that I'm speaking every single day in a Twitter space or a meeting at work or I'll be practicing the nano speech with daily conversations that I have. And that means that when I show up to deliver my presentation, I know that I'm good to the go because it is so easy just to dip into that bucket of experience and go, I've done this before. And actually it wasn't that bad because even as someone who, who has now been speaking relatively often I had a fear of public speaking once it's easy to fall back into those patterns. So having that bucket that I can dip back into is, is so important because my speaking is everywhere. You can't get away from it. And you just want to know that every single time you're going to show up and not leave anything on the table. And you do that with recent reps. So Twitter Spaces, Clubhouse, LinkedIn Audio, I think are the best forums to do that in because they are so accessible, they are so easy. And generally speaking, there's always a topic on that, that you're going to know something about. You could go and request the mic and in five minutes, get your public speaking repetition in.
0: Yeah, I like that. Just practicing it. I mean, if you ran a marathon let's say 10 years ago and then this weekend I had a marathon coming up I I would go okay I know I can run a marathon but I wouldn't think oh this weekend I'm ready to run that marathon you need to do a little bit of a warm up you need to be practicing these skills stretching these muscles in the lead up to go run that marathon and just like you say when you've got a big speaking engagement coming up you do the prep in advance to sort of stretch that muscle and and build that confidence so you have those recent examples that you can draw on when you maybe get a little bit nervous up there in the moment you go no that's okay I've got this because I know that I'm practiced at this so Liam I've got a bit of a cheeky question for you but do you still get nervous public speaking
1: absolutely no I do Being nervous is not the same thing as lacking confidence when it comes to public speaking. And I think it's easy to forget that because in the moment you become so overwhelmed by nerves that you maybe start to doubt your own performance. But I would be really concerned if before public speaking, I wasn't nervous because it's actually getting me ready Think of an adrenaline rush. Um, like my heart's pumping out my chest. And like as long as I can channel that energy into, okay, this is preparing me for the task at hand, I'm good. And yeah. it really is a mindset shift. And the narrative that, that you have around it is so important. So absolutely, I get nervous. I was nervous before this podcast recording because... It's, it's the first recording I've done for a while. So there are. it's just a natural piece of the puzzle. And being able to deal with that is so important because when you're nervous, usually that comes with a lack of focus afterwards because you're just concerned about it. But if you can just focus on two things, what are you going to say? And how you're going to connect with the audience. That is the clearest mind that you can possibly have. So being able to channel that nervousness into, okay, I'm ready to go. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And all the tips you've given, you've given some really practical tips today in our conversation that people can start applying to build that confidence. Um, So hopefully next time those nerves are just um, getting them into the right zone when they start speaking.
1: That's it. That's it, and it really is a shift. And it it would be wrong to suggest that you can just shift that overnight. But next time you feel nervous, just have a have a think about. Okay, maybe this is actually preparing me. Then you'll probably go back to being nervous and and it being a horrible feeling again. But then the next time, maybe you can sustain that for a little bit longer, and a little bit longer, and eventually you, your mindset will shift and the narrative of your own limitations becomes a narrative of enabling you to deliver and you really then can prepare and deliver to the best of your ability. So it's a, it's a long process, but a process that is really worth it because I don't know about anybody else, but I really hated that feeling of this is going to be so stressful. And I'm really worried about doing this, and I didn't want to feel like that anymore. So <laughs> then the the process of learning how to speak in public well and and do it stress free, it, it it grew, and the nano speech became a, a daily practice for me, which has has led to led to this moment really. So yeah. it's it, it is a long journey, but one that is well worth it because speaking is everywhere. So. Do you want to feel like that every day? That's that's the trade-off.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, right? We are practicing these nano speeches day to day as well. And and you even mentioned earlier in our conversation, no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. So if you're mm. nervous um, or if you don't think you're doing a good job, often it's, it's in your head. I know as a facilitator, I've been so surprised sometimes when you're doing a workshop whether it's in person or virtual and there's someone that just doesn't seem like on their face they're just not interested they're not engaged they've got that sour face on and you think oh they're going to come talk to me in the break and say how terrible that was and they're the person that comes up to you and that was amazing like I've got all these things I'm going to apply that was life-changing and you're like huh you I did not think you were going to be the one and like so often (laughs) it's just your own head that's that's working against you
1: that's it and I I think always consider is this feedback that I would give someone else because if it's not that's just you being your harshest critic yeah and that that's that's essentially the the pattern that the that you get into and if you have maybe a negative speaking experience it becomes oh let's avoid what happened last time rather than okay there was There was Mm -hmm. a a couple of minutes of that that was really, really good. And I'm going to build on that. And so focus on the positive. Yeah. Because that really does make a a massive difference to the mindset going into the next event because it should always be, how can I improve this one thing to get 1% better next time rather than, oh, let's avoid what happened last time because that did not feel good.
0: Yeah, and avoiding it's definitely not the way to to build the skill. <laughs> if we take anything away That's from this right. episode, avoidance is not the answer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to end on a question that we ask all our guests and we talk about in every episode, uh, looking at first steps. And you've talked about the nano speech um, a bit as well as a good first step. But is there anything else you would suggest for someone just getting started, taking that first step, Getting uh, better with public speaking and trying to remove the stress from it?
1: So, it ultimately really does depend on where you're at in your journey. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who will not speak in front of anybody right now, try just standing in front of a mirror, talking to yourself for 10 seconds, deliver your nano speech in the mirror. I
0: love now, that. Now, it's worth,
1: worth pointing out that that does not replicate public speaking experience, but that might be the thing that gives you enough confidence to go and deliver a nano speech to somebody else. And that could be as simple as ordering a coffee or ordering a meal at a restaurant or asking for directions because those things are just so natural and nobody else has to know that you are practicing public speaking. And I think that's the best thing about using the nano speech because if you're uh, going out for a coffee with a friend and you can just say to them in one quick nano speech, oh, this week at work, I've been doing this. I really enjoyed this element. How's work going for you? Now, very simple. That might be a conversation that you're going to have anyway, but you are structuring it in a way that is relevant to when you have to deliver your next presentation at work, or when you join your next social audio event, or when you have your next job interview. And as we said earlier, you don't want to leave that performance up to chance. So start practicing before you need it. Um, And the the main thing here, Sam, is that practice is the only way to get better. That is the first step, it's the hundredth step, it's the thousandth step. (laughs) Reading about public speaking is only getting ready to get ready to do it. And action is really important. And that that goes the same for for every skill, wider than public speaking. Action is, is so important. So think about how can I put myself in a position to be able to deliver a 10 second nano speech, even if that's uncomfortable. Like what environment can I do where I'm more comfortable? So that might be via social audio, where no one can see you. It might be via video call to a family member. It might be in person at a coffee shop to a friend. Whatever that forum is that can get you your first rep, that you're gonna be most comfortable in, Make that where practice number one comes in, and then it scales up from there. And that scale up comes in a couple of different forms, both the time that you spend speaking, and yeah. the the topics that you are comfortable sharing about. So yeah, starting with I don't something that just... you are
0: confident with, um, That's everyday it. conversation at the coffee shop, right? And then bringing it into something maybe in a work setting or or professionally
1: that's it. Like you don't just want to be good at speaking about how your project is progressing. You also want to be good at telling your own mm-hmm. stories and adding your own spin on things. You want to be good at personalizing it and being authentic because again, as we said earlier, you are your superpower. If you can bring yourself into public speaking, that that is a really important thing. And I think it, adds a level of connection to your audience that otherwise you don't necessarily unlock. Um, and when you unlock that connection, you become easy to resonate with. Yeah. And when the audience resonate with you, your message is going to land better. And saying that people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. If you yeah. are easy to resonate with, and you can tell some great stories, you're gonna be able to make your audience feel, and therefore you are gonna land your message. So it it's really is a scaling up from being comfortable with 10 seconds to a minute, being comfortable with one topic to being comfortable with five. And then again, scale up. It's like climbing a ladder, one rung at a time. Yeah. If you try to skip rungs, you're going to fall off. But that builds your solid foundations so that even 10 years down the line, those foundations are still in place. And all you need is the recent reps to be as confident as you can be to deliver.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that, Liam. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If anyone wanted to stay connected with you, learn a little bit more, where should they go?
1: So you can reach me on my website, liamsanford.com. Also very active on Twitter at Liam Sanford, very active on LinkedIn too. Uh, So there'll be free daily content on Twitter and LinkedIn. Also have a free email newsletter with public speaking tips that that comes out every Wednesday. So you can sign up to that via my
0: website. Perfect. And of course, grab the book um, to learn more about effortless public speaking.
1: Absolutely. Books available in in most online book retailers. Perfect.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Liam.
1: Thanks very much, Sam. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Liam as much as I enjoyed having it. Definitely a few practical tips that I'm going to be taking away. I love Liam's suggestion of really getting those reps in before your speaking engagement. So if you know you have something coming up, maybe a presentation at work, maybe you're speaking at your kid's school or at your local um, sports club whatever it might be in advance getting those reps in in small spaces to really build that confidence i was speaking with a coach recently actually and she mentioned not only building your confidence by practicing the thing at hand And being able to point to that and go, look, see, there's where I've done it before, there's where I've done it well, that went well, um, and that's what I'm going to build on, but also looking for related things. So even if you haven't given a presentation to the board yet, let's say, you've never done that before, but you have spoken in team meetings, you have spoken to colleagues, you have advertised your work before you've been in interviews you've had all these other public speaking settings that you can point to and go see i can do this practicing some of my phrasing really useful just speaking to myself while i'm walking around the house getting ready in the morning before a big speaking engagement just so i have some of that phrasing i don't want to be fully rehearsed and i want each workshop that i run to be slightly different because i'm really responding to the learners in the room and what they need But there are some key ways of phrasing things that I think can be really helpful. And if I practice that in advance, I then will say it concisely. When I'm in a workshop, I'll say it once. I won't say it five different ways because I didn't like my phrasing the first time. So that can be helpful as well. But definitely starting with the nano speech, which is a new term I've learned from Liam. But I think that's a great place to start as well. Really building that muscle if you've never really done much public speaking doing that in social settings, doing it with your partner, with your parents, whatever it might be, getting a mentor where you can practice that, or speaking to a colleague at work, you know, one-on-one, all of these smaller stake settings first to build your confidence so that when you're in the actual setting, you can draw on all the great things you did and, and know that you are capable of doing this. So good luck to everyone building their public speaking skills. I look forward to hearing from you all if you make your public speaking public in time. And don't forget to follow Liam's work and check out the book wherever you'd get books. Don't forget to check out all the good stuff in our show notes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review and be sure to follow or subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. That's it for this episode of the Be Happy Remote podcast with your host, Sam Roberts. Join us next time as we discuss practical tips and first steps to be well and do well whilst working remotely. Because hey, you can craft a remote career and life worth loving.